Um, so Matt, uh, there's a little movie uh, I like to call, and many other people like to call, uh, Parasite, um, which just won Best Picture. Um, we incorrectly called out uh, 1,917 as um, the Best Picture winner. We were wrong. People make mistakes. Um, but we're big enough men, at least I am, I don't know about you, Matthew, to admit when we're wrong. Um, and oh, how wrong we were. Parasite won, and it's really, really good. Yeah, it's super good. So in memory, sorry, not in memory, in honor. Um, I mean, I my memories of Parasite are good. But in honor of Parasite, I thought we could have a little segment called Bong Joon Ho's in different area codes. <laughs> I still don't like it. Did I ever tell you, Matt, about that uh, Ludacris concert I went to where, uh, so I walked it. okay, Matt, this is a Ludacris concert. Are you familiar with Ludacris? Uh, He's no, a... actually not. Okay. Ludacris, uh, wonderful rapper. He's a, uh, also a star of the Fast and Furious franchise. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like an OG rapper. And I went to see a show of his once at Summerfest, uh, in Milwaukee. And, uh, I... So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to the Ludacris show. So before I went to go to the show, like as many people do, I went to the bathroom. But in the bathroom, there was this dude in a tall tee wearing, it was a white tall tee covered in blood. Covered in blood. What? <laughs> covered what? in blood. <laughs> covered in blood. And I went up to him and I was like, man, are you okay? Because he looked like almost fine, but he was covered in blood. And he was like, no, man, I got jumped at the Ludacris concert. <laughs> and I was Sorry. like, Okay. I gotta be on my, you know, my wits need to be about me. So I go to the Ludacris concert with my buddy, and uh, there's, within like five minutes or so, actually before, okay, so we're bouncing between Ludacris and DJ Pauly D of the Jersey Shore, uh, who's right next door, and like we bounce over, we bounce between Ludacris and DJ Pauly D, and DJ Pauly D uh, sprayed like champagne on us, and then we got groped by these like middle-aged women, and it was really weird. But we bounce back to Ludacris, and within, like, five minutes, there's a fight that breaks out in the crowd. And I don't know if you've ever been, ever been to a concert where there's a fight that breaks out in the crowd, but typically, like, a like a ring of people will, like, will be pushed out to leave space for the fight. And I was a part of the ring for that fight. Um, and, yeah, Ludacris is really good. That reminds me of all the really bad metal shows I would go to in high school. <laughs> and like ace of spades or the boardwalk like there'd be the there'd be all the guys um what was it two-stepping did you do you remember that two-stepping uh no oh dude it's just like it's like this like really bad like kick dance you do at metal shows and people would two-step and then there would be a mosh pit and it's just like almost like on cue <laughs> and but one time i went to one and i always thought two-stepping looked ridiculous because it, it it does and I was kind of making fun of the two-stepping behind <laughs> behind some of them. And then one of the guys saw me and, like, got up all in my face and, like, just started, like, pushing me. He's like, you think that's funny, man? You can make fun of this, bro? <laughs> and he started pushing me. And then the other people started pushing each other, too. And, like, a little mosh pit broke out. And I was able to, like, slip away. Because, like, a mosh pit's kind of scary because it just turns into, like, just a bunch of, like, guys just pushing each other around. Yeah, just throwing and some elbows. of them. 
like big crowd yeah do you remember austin elliott yes yeah the big big bulky guy big they're all built like that guy yeah all built like him and you're just in like i'm just this little like you know 17 year old idiot (laughs) just (laughs) making fun of these guys while i'm at the same place so i'm not much better yeah you're at the same place and probably about to get beat out of you yeah the mosh pit saved me though it was actually pretty nice very clutch I was at a uh, Brockhampton concert recently. I don't know if you brought, know Brockhampton, but they're like this like uh, Zoomer like rap boy band, and uh, the crowd, you know, was all like younger younger people. And I think a lot of these people had never been to like a show where there's a pit because <laughs> halfway through the show it starts to get a little rowdy, and then one of the members of Brockhampton was like, "Open up the fire pit!" But no one moved, so it was just like. Like, people, like, kind of moved, and there was, like, a little bit of a pit that opened up, but he had to do that, like, two or three more times, and no one opened the pit, and uh, the show just went on. Yeah, people, kids these Poor days. Guy. Kids these days. Um, but as you know, as many people know, as I know, as Matt knows, this is the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm your co-host, August Meyer. This is my other co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say hello. Hello. And, of course, this. <laughs> is the motion pixels podcast today we have almost too much to talk about we've had to trim things down um, as america's premier video game and movie podcast we've of course spent the first five minutes talking about concerts we've went to because there was just so, so much to talk about so we had to shift things around but um today we'll be going into um academy award winning film parasite um, we'll be talking about other things such as video games, um, which I am a fan of. Uh, I believe Matt is a fan of too. Um, I think, though, we should talk about a little game many of us like to call Battlefront 2. Um, I am pretty new to this game. I played it when it came out, and it was like this horrible hellscape of uh, microtransactions, and I quickly stopped playing it. But. It's good now, and they got rid of uh, the microtransactions, and Matt yeah, is that to play why today. you were so hesitant to like get it today because um, of the, your early experience with it. Yeah, well, in my early experience, it just seemed like you could pay to win with these like cards that, yeah, that and you, you could, could use, and also you could pay to win by like buying the heroes that you could use, and it was like I don't want to die randomly to someone who had the money to drop on Darth Sidious. It sounds horrible, but um, yeah, I I remember specifically. I think Darth Sidious was like something like I don't I don't want to say a, a a wrong number, but an egregious amount of like yeah, you had to buy the money. heroes initially, right? Yeah, it was like ten twenty dollars for the hero, or like you would have to grind for like sixty hours or something to get enough points to unlock one hero. Um, it was just yeah, it was ridiculous at launch. Um, so I stopped playing it. I think I had EA access at the time on my Xbox. Um, so I, I played it for, you know, a very short amount of time. But Matt convinced me to download it today, and we just, we actually started, uh, we started to play games about five hours ago, and we're supposed to just play games for maybe an hour or two, and then record the podcast, but here we are five hours later, uh, because uh, Battlefront 2, it's really, really good. Yeah, pretty good now. Uh, yeah, I was impressed. Especially with that BB-8 update, dude. Dude, it was crazy. It's crazy, like... I was just BB-8, and I killed, like, 15 people, including, like, Kylo Ren and some, like, people who are probably much better at the game than I am, but you just feel insane as this tiny little metal ball whipping around, like, murdering 
like members of the the empire. It's crazy. Yeah, I like the uh, the weed whacker thing where you have the cables and Dude, you spin around. That move is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so his move set is like you have like a zapper, like you have like a taser gun, basically as your uh, your main thing. But I don't think you really have to aim with it because you just you just kind of walk towards people and kill him, and uh, or you roll towards people and kill him, and then. He has an ability also where he whips around like a weed whacker for like a solid like 10, 20 seconds. And you can just like rush in as this tiny little metal ball that's really hard to hit. You can rush into a pack of dudes, activate your weed whacker, and they just die. Like there's not much they can do. Yeah. Like it, it seems a little too strong right now. I'm hoping they tone it down a bit. I think they probably just made it strong for, you know, a good weekend of BB-8 insanity, but... Yeah, dude, there was a guy in one of the last games we played who, what, he got like 45 kills in one yeah, life dude, like as BB-8. Ten, <laughs> ten minutes in, it's like, oh, he has 47 eliminations, cool. <laughs> this character yeah. must be fine, right? Yeah, they, it was to the point where, like, he was so in demand. I was sitting on so many points. So in, in just for those who don't know, in Battlefront 2, you get just, like, points within the context, of, in the scope of a game like a match that you're playing that you can use towards unlocking a uh, a, a hero character to play like BB-8 or um, like Ray or Kylo Ren or someone like that. But I was sitting on way more points than I needed to play any hero just because I wanted to play BB-8, but someone was always BB-8 and you don't really die as BB-8 because he's so like tiny and has so much health that, uh, yeah, I just, it was hard to, to even get to try him. Yeah. It's the hero system is kind of weird. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? How it kind of gates you out of all the the different tiers? I okay, this is gonna sound maybe dumb, but the the only part about it that I don't like within just my few hours of playing this this version of uh, Battlefront Two or this time in Battlefront Two's history, uh, I just don't like that you can only have one hero of the same type at a time out. I know that like makes sense and is probably even gameplay-wise, the thing that makes most sense. Like, you don't want to have, like, four people as BB-8. But I kind of want to have four people as BB-8. Like, if I want to, if I have a, have the points, I want to play as the cool character who's the most fun to play. Yeah, like, that whole system, just where, like, the way it's set up is you initially have to start off as the, the base classes, right? Like, the Assault and the Heavy and all those other generic ones. And yeah, like get the points, Sniper. You, yeah. And then as you get the points, you can, like, you go up to, like, I don't know, like, tier two, like, the special class units that are, like, uh, like, there's this guy that has a Gatling gun. And there's this person that can, you know, has, like, these Vibram blades and can, like, hit people and call in airstrikes. And then the heroes are at the top end. And then each one of those is limited. So there gets to, it's, it's like that for those other classes, because, like, if there's too many people on the Gatling gun guy, it won't let you pick it. Um, and it, like... It, like, makes sense, you know, because you don't want everybody having the overpowered heroes, but at the same time, I'm, I'm with you because it's kind of like that entire last game we just played, I didn't, I, there was never an option for me to pick one of the heroes because it was always just taken, and it kind of sucks. Yeah, during uh, that last match, I played as BB-8. I got BB-8 very early on, and I played as him for most of the most of the time we were in that match because I was just racking up a ton of kills, not getting killed. Yeah, and then while you're doing that, nobody else can have it. And then you have, if you want to do it again, you have to sit there and wait forever until it's going to unlock for you again. So, like, I get it, but it just, I don't know if they can really do anything about it, but it just kind of, 
you know, sucks. But that's what's kind of cool about the the heroes villains mode. Have you played that one? Uh, not. I, I think I played it when the game first came out. Okay, I don't know if it's any different now, but the way it is um, now is like it's four v four. I think there might be a two v two also, but it's just you pick whatever hero you want. You can't do duplicates again, but if you're playing with people, you can just ask to have the character you want, so it's not as bad, and you get to do it the whole time as them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I feel like the cards, like, there's a whole card system where you can spec your character more, kind of like an RPG, um, and have them, you know, maybe one card does, like, your blaster does more damage, or you have a different type of grenade or something. Um, But there's, like, multiple tiers, like, they go up to, like, three different levels, and then normally, I don't, like, for normal classes, I don't feel like they're too powerful but for when you play heroes villains it's like it it feels like it changes the game because like we were playing that before uh you got on earlier um greg michael and i and we were we all had like no cards or maybe like a handful unlocked for our heroes and we're going against people that have like level three cards that are all the good things that they want and they were just destroying us so yeah it's annoying but i don't think it's as annoying as i originally thought it would be because there's so many, like, you're playing against, like, 20, 20-something other people, right? It's like a 40-person map. So, yeah, there's, like, going to be a, a few guys who just dominate you if you encounter them up close. But a lot of the times, you can pick off people from afar, and even, no matter how powerful you are, like, you can still get sniped. And you can, you can just go fight other people. Oh, yeah, um, no, like, I think in the base game, like, normal uh, modes, where it is, like, 20v20... The cards are fine, but when it comes to the heroes villains mode, it's only four v four, and I feel like the hero cards really bump them up. So if you go in as a hero with no cards unlocked, you kind of just get swept. Oh sure. Yeah, it's like really bad. Like we would lose by a factor of like, you have like thirty five lives, and we would take off like maybe ten of theirs, and they would beat oh, us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very uh, you feel it a lot more. But are you sure you're not just bad? It could also be that. I am really bad with the heroes. <laughs> yeah, the heroes seem pretty cool. And what was crazy, too, is the animations were so down pat to the characters from the movies. Like, I never played as Kylo tonight, but I saw a bunch of people playing Kylo and was killed by Kylo a bunch. And just the way he stomps around and runs and swings his saber, um, it all looks super realistic. Like, especially the way he runs. Um it it all I mean it almost looks photorealistic. I mean this game looks awesome. Like I was playing it on ultra settings on PC, and just the the lighting and everything. This game looks so good. Yeah, I think some of the heroes definitely look better than others. Like oh dude, Ray on the like the <laughs> I mean Ray yeah. very cool character, but uh on the like victory screen for like one of the teams in one of the last matches we played. You saw Ray up close, and her face straight up looked like Steve Buscemi. Dude, it was wild. <laughs> she had these big sunk, sunken eyes. Like it looked like Ray had seen some. Sorry, her. And I was not prepared to see that because she's one of my favorite characters from the movies. And I had seen her like run past me in the game, and I was like, "Oh, that looks nice." But up close, bud, man, wow, that was a uh, quite bad, quite bad looking. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't get the rights to just her face. You know, they had the rights to, like, her general appearance, but her face in her contract was like, sorry, they gotta get another face. And then Steve Buscemi's, like, cheap these days, so they got him instead. I think it's probably more just, like, it, like, whenever there's a character with just, like, any characters that don't have the helmets on, they all look a little, 
odd, right? Like, I even, mean, like, the normal units. Okay, Matt, answer me this. Is BB-8 wearing a helmet? <laughs> well, you got me there. But bb is also <laughs> so small that you can't really tell what he looks like. So I think that's the real, uh, the real difference in that one. Yeah, and so BB-8 is on the Republic side, or, like, the Resistance side. And on the uh, First Order side, the, the bad guys, there's that other, like, uh, First Order droid that looks like bb8 that someone BB-9. we were playing with i don't think his name is bb9 that's what yeah, i was gonna bring yeah, up no it is it is bb9 I, I don't think it's bb9 it's like bb95 or something i okay it would be very <laughs> funny if there was bb8 on one side and just bb9 like the bad guys were like we're gonna one-up them we're gonna implement some upgrades to turn i'm gonna the tide. look this up right now yeah please look it up um because lore wise it would be hilarious if jj abrams and the gang were like you know, the First Order has introduced power creep. They now have not just Starkiller base, but also Yeah, it's BB nine E. Okay, so it's not BB nine E. Yeah. <laughs> it's is it B D or B B? No, B B nine E. No way. So yeah. it's like it's like an iPhone. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. A, the newest iPhone model. <laughs> like going from the iPhone eight to the iPhone like nine S. Dude, that's so funny. Well, there's no iPhone 9. But, you know, JJ didn't know that when he was making this. Um, <laughs> or Ryan Johnson, whoever. Um, but yeah, I, it's pretty funny. Um, that The uh, the bad guy, BB-8, didn't make a huge appearance in the, the movies. But um, he seems cool in this. Um, we got destroyed by a guy playing um, BB-9-8 on uh, the opposing 9E. team. 9E. 9E. Uh, BB ninety, yeah. yeah, we got destroyed yeah. by that. So I imagine he's similarly good. Um, yeah, he's BB-8. like the, it's like the the Darth Binks theory. It's actually in the so like he's gone now, but lurking in the shadows of the entire new trilogy <laughs> is Sith Lord BB nine E pulling the strings, pulling the strings, whooping uh, his cables. Oh man, dude, I wish they had the Rise of uh, Skywalker version of Palpatine in Battlefront two. Because they have the cool Sith troopers, like those red stormtroopers in this, and they're awesome. Like, they look amazing, and they're really powerful. Um, they have these grenade launchers that are super powerful, but they don't have the, like, crazy dark-sided-out, like, hanging-from-a-crane Palpatine. That yeah, I would right. like to see. Like, to just have that crane whipping around the map um, <laughs> that's hoisting Palpatine up in Rise of the Resist- or Rise of, uh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that, <is sick. laughs> that would be sick. Um, but yeah, good game good game i um genuinely enjoyed playing it um i didn't even really buy the game i just bought a month or maybe i even get a free month i don't know how it works but it's like five dollars a month for ea access which is their subscription service so um very cheap if you want to get into battlefront 2 again um it's not terribly exploitive i don't even think there are any microtransactions for functional stuff i think you might be able to buy skins but i will say they give you some credits or whatever when you first start the game and i just bought my first skin with those credits that they gave you and it was count dooku's pajamas (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen any of the hero skins oh dude it looks great um it's just count dooku wearing slippers wearing these comfy pajamas with a monogram on them i'm surprised they let that in that's right? kind of interesting. Yeah. Especially because Christopher Lee, the guy who played uh, Count Dooku, died recently. And he was like this very old man. So like having 
an old man skin wearing pajamas. Um, you know, maybe he just loved his pajamas. Christopher Lee of, uh, I think he was in Dracula. Um, the Dracula remake, not the original. Um, what else is he in? He's in a lot of stuff. He also has a metal album. Have you heard? Have you heard Wait, Christopher what? Lee's metal album? I don't even know. I, I didn't know. Yeah, we Duke should actually... Metal? For you know, our listeners, please call in. Um, we have obviously we have our hotline open. Just call in to our hotline. Um, go to um, what is it, Matt? www. motionpixelspodcast. com slash you're wrong. Is that what it is? Where they can use to live like while we're recording, tell yeah. us you know corrections. Yeah. Um, so motionpixelspodcast. com slash you're wrong. Uh, you know, let us know if I'm wrong here, but. Um, I think most of the soundtrack for Battlefront 2 is Christopher Lee's metal album. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? That that makes sense. I thought it sounded familiar. Yeah, for a second, when I first started the game, I was like, why aren't they using John Williams' original score for Star Wars? And then I was like, oh, this is actually Christopher Lee's uh, metal Christmas album called Jingle Hell. Jingle Hell. <laughs> That's not a joke. That is, this is not is a bad actually it? Literally, you can go on Spotify right now and listen to Jingle Hell by christopher lee and it's this like classic metal metal uh that's might be the name of a single i think there's a whole album um and the chorus is like jingle hell jingle hell it's just like you know it's like a metal version of jingle bells it's great um and he recorded it when he was like in his 80s i want to say what a guy yeah what a guy i heard he was insufferable in real life like he would not stop talking about himself like not stop talking about his career of like playing Dracula and I guess like playing metal music and Count Dooku. Dude, if I were Count Dooku, I mean that's goals. That's goals right there. Like, man, what a funny name for a Sith Lord, <laughs> Dooku. <laughs> uh man, those movies are so bad. It's good that Battlefront 2 is good because a lot of the source material for the for that game is trash. Yeah, like 6 out of the 9 movies. Um, no, let me do the math. So, uh, Return, uh, uh, A New Hope, good. Empire Strikes Back, good. Return of the Jedi, good. Um, prequels, all three of those, horrible. Very bad. Return, uh, Revenge of the Sith doesn't hold up, by the way. Um, but then, of course, we have The Force Awakens, good. Uh, uh, oh, you're Last right. okay, Jedi, so four, four best of, of the, the franchise. Movies. Um, Last We're done Jedi. talking about this. And then Rise Vito. of Skywalker, very good. What is that? One, two, three. We're done. Three, I'm cutting three, this whole bit. Six. That's <laughs> six that are good. I'm Matt. cutting this whole thing. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't. That's called censorship, Matt. We're not that kind of podcast. Mm-hmm. This I've is kind of a podcast. Epic Games in China. <laughs> this, this is, is kind a Tencent po- owned podcast. Um, I have not seen a dime <laughs> of this Tencent money. <laughs> yeah, because uh, <laughs> I do the business relations. So. No, no. Oh no, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have signed that contract. Wow. Well, um in other um business related news, um what else have we been playing? Um I don't really play video games. Um I'm more of, you know, like a I just like talking about them. I haven't played a video game in a while, but um that's a bit, guys. I'm a gamer. You guys know this. I'm a, you know, I play I'm a, I, I play games. Uh, I've played a bunch of Siege this week and I was kind of antsy. Like I talked to Matt today and I was like, "Matt, I have just played Siege this week, and I don't want to talk about Siege again. So we have to play a game that we haven't talked about today together, so that we have something to talk about. But I'm sneaking in. I'm, you know, Matt has the ten cent money. 
I have the editorial freedom to talk a little bit about Rainbow Six Siege, um, my beloved game. Um, there's two new operators. Operators are like the, the heroes, the champions, um, the player characters in uh, uh, the uh, the game, Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, it's a very good game. Um, two new characters just announced. Uh, one is the Kool-Aid Man, um, and the other can make de uh, decoys of herself that can run around. Um, the Kool-Aid Man seems pretty cool. He can run through walls. Um, he's this big, hulky guy. Who, yeah, uh, he's like new new Sledge. He's like better Sledge, but he yeah, hurts himself. Yeah, why Sledge with hammer when you can Sledge with face, right? <laughs> Just... Yeah, and you can like you can you can run up to operators who uh, use a shield. And you can knock them over, or you can knock their shield aside by running into them with your wait, really? manpower. Yeah, dude. It just, oh wait, so it just knocks it from a. It doesn't knock it on the ground or anything. It just. No, I don't think it knocks them on the ground. Oh, but I th that's I, great. I think, that's good. I think that's it stuns good. them or somehow makes it so their shield is not no longer in front of them for a second or so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I don't really know what the deal is with the um, decoy operator. Um, she seems cool. Like in like the trailer I saw for her, she's like on the moon. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's going to be like a moon map, but that'd be cool. But apparently her ability is you have like a remote controlled version of her that you can use, I guess, for like reconnaissance. And it has like one health or something. So you can go and like charge into a room and like make the enemy like waste their grenades on you and stuff like that. Um, there might be other stuff to her that I'm not aware of. Um, I, I saw like the the teaser they released of both of these characters that revealed like what their abilities were, but I didn't tune into like the live stream that I think happened today at the invitational, like the big, uh, big tournament that they do every year with the big prize pool or whatever. Um, I think they went in depth with, uh, all the new characters. And what's also crazy is that Tachanka, who is like the worst operator never picked. He has like this like mounted machine gun. That's not super good. They're revamping him. Everyone thought they were going to give him Heelys for some reason. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know how that rumor Wait, started. Really? But yeah, dude, I saw tons of memes about Tachanka riding around the map on Heelys. Everyone was talking about it. I don't know. Maybe they made that a thing, but I heard the big change for him is he has a uh, a, f a flame grenade launcher, which seems crazy. So I'm excited to. Uh, I actually have never unlocked. I've unlocked every operator, but I purposefully didn't buy Tachanka just so I wouldn't accidentally random into him because I felt he was so bad. So um, maybe I will finally download um, our boy. Yeah, Lord and Savior Tachanka. Yeah. You gotta Lord, respect him. Lord Tachanka. Um, very interesting character. Um, hopefully they make him good. But um, maybe they won't. So um, yeah. we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll see. That was actually a, uh, you can cue in a second you can cue the theme song um, we've pre-recorded i know you, you kind of did the legwork with this and produced the uh the theme song for the uh rainbow six siege uh soiree which is the segment uh for rainbow six siege um obviously so um right obviously. now you can play that theme song okay tossing a flashbang good to go get serious okay we're back from the theme song thanks matt for producing that um what other matt are you a you're a gamer right uh, have you been playing any other games got any other games on the radar excited for anything um pissed at anything uh yearning for anything i'm really excited for animal crossing in like a, a month now yeah dude, we should talk it's about crazy that. that's gonna be great so 
as you know, Matt, I am a big fan of Super Smash Brothers, and I remember sitting on my couch with my brother playing Super Smash Brothers for the Wii shortly before Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out, and we were having so much fun, and I was just thinking to myself, man, I can't believe a new big bad version of Super Smash Brothers is coming out soon. Like, what is my life going to be like after Super Smash Brothers Ultimate comes out? Wow. I have that same feeling for Animal Crossing now. Like, it, everything I've seen from Animal Crossing New Horizons looks so promising, and the game looks so good that I am really, really looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be very big. In the same way I thought Smash was going to be really big, and it is. Um, I think you're going to start seeing Animal Crossing all over the place when it when it comes out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, hopefully, hopefully I stick with it, though, because I just have this, like... Like, I'm excited to play it because it's a game I played a lot as a kid, but I just have a feeling that I'm going to drop off of it really quick. Um, just because I, d- I don't know if that type of game really fits in with, like, how I like to play games now, but I'm still excited for it nonetheless. Um, but just the... well, one cool thing about Animal Crossing, I think it's going to be really good for just, like, just chilling. You know what I mean? Because I know something you do a lot is just, like, get on Discord and, you know, hang out with the boys. And I think Animal Crossing is going to be a really good game to just be, like, chilling to. I think it's going to be... I think a lot of people are going to use it like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a relaxing game where, you know, you pick fruit and design your house and whatever. Um, There's not, like, anything beyond really just, like, having a relaxing time in animal crossing <laughs> you know so i'm just hoping like i actually stick with it like hope what we should do is uh we should compare our towns after a week after we get it compare i think our cool. towns yeah like uh like because there's all that all the a lot of the new features are like town customization things like you can put paths down and you can put furniture outside and whatnot so we should like i don't know tour each other's towns and See how we've like decorated it, designed it, and whatnot. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and of course, we'll have uh, we'll have a new Animal Crossing segment. Um, this is a se- This podcast really is like kind of modular. Like Matt and I are both into technology, you know, into software. So we really designed this podcast around like a modularity, um, kind of a polymorphic approach, um, where really we just go from segment to segment. So Matt, our new Animal Crossing segment will be called what again? Uh, Matt's town is better than August. <laughs> yeah, I remember agreeing to that segment name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, our our new Animal Crossing segment, Matt's town is better than August town in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, our viewers have kind of been. It's actually like if you guys, so viewers, listeners, readers, um, if you're listening, reading or viewing, which I know you are, please leave me alone. Please stop bothering me about my house in Animal Crossing not being as good as Matt's. The game's not even out yet, and you're not being fair to me. Yeah, and yet mine is still better, so <laughs> what does that say? Um, yeah, you guys need to calm down. The segment's coming. I, I mean, I think the, the hype train, once unleashed, is has gotten away from us in a way where I think our podcast is becoming too popular, if you know what I mean, where 
like people are just batting down my door for this Animal Crossing segment, <laughs> and I I want to give it to them, but you know, just please leave me alone, listeners, leave me alone. All that's all I ask. Before we move on from Animal Crossing, we have to talk about the uh, the garbage that is how they're handling the online in it. Have you you haven't heard about any of that? Right? I've heard I've heard nothing about it. Okay, so um, they've always like. The big issue people are having right now is they aren't letting you do cloud saves for your town. Really? And yeah, and and it's for the dumbest reason. They like they don't want you to do a cloud save because they only want your save to exist in one place so that people can't like duplicate items or money. Oh, that... who cares about that yeah, stuff? Yeah, right. Come on. Right, that's exactly that's that's what everybody says cuz it's like it's Animal Crossing. If you're cheating yourself, that's that's it. Like you're not the people that just want to have all the things like that's not hurting anybody. Right. And so, I mean, that isn't the official reason, but that's like the reason, like there's a history in animal crossing games where they kind of try to lock it down. Like, um, initially like on the first one on the GameCube, you could have your town on a memory card, but it had a special, I guess, bit on the, the memory where it wouldn't let you transfer the save to a different memory card. I think it just had to exist. No, wait, you could transfer it, but you couldn't duplicate it. Whereas, like, other saves, I believe you could duplicate them. And they've always had some, like, weird workaround. Like, even on the 3DS one, there's this uh, process in the 3DS where you can transfer your licenses and data. And that's the only way, I believe, you could move an Animal Crossing town off of, like, an SD card or something like that. So there's, like, weird things they've done in the past. And because the Switch doesn't have anything like that, they're not going to let you do cloud saves. And they're not even implementing a feature where you can transfer the save off of your switch. So if you ever, yeah. So if you ever like upgrade your switch or like, let's say, I don't know, like you play normally on your switch and you have like a switch light for some reason. Also, you can't just put your town onto there. It's just stuck on your other one and it can never move. So it's kind of (laughs) like, it's really dumb. Um, And I'm hoping there, there was like enough of a backlash when they announced that, that, they said they're looking into what they can do, but I don't know. I don't think they're going to do much about it. I think it's just going to like be that way, unfortunately. I'm hoping like maybe they'll introduce some sort of like special save system for it or like special transfer system where you have to like put a ticket into Nintendo or something. Like what? Like that's, I I don't want them insane. to do that. I don't want them to do that, but I want a way for it to be accomplished and since nintendo's nintendo i don't i i i see them doing that before allowing like duplication of your data or cloud saves or anything like that like, that is so wild to me especially because nintendo's pushing all these new switch versions like there's that really pretty new actually animal crossing switch um, yeah I right seen that but it's awesome like i've seen so many people on twitter who are like why do i own a switch already i want to get the animal crossing one and it's awesome like the the left and right can the left and right joy cons are different colored uh it's like the left one i think is green and the right one is uh blue and they're these really nice pastel colors um it has like an engraving of um, a bunch of islands on the back of it and the actual dock um is this really cool uh really cool really nice uh i think it's blue i forget what color it is but it's like this little picture of uh tom nook and his kids on a, on a little island um, which is way cooler than the the base switch dock. Um, so, yeah, the black rectangle. Yeah, you know, which is fine, whatever. But 
And this is like the coolest switch they put out. So the fact that you can't, like, if I wanted to get Animal Crossing, play it on my Switch, and then get that beautiful Animal Crossing Switch, I'd have to start over again. That's bananas. Yeah, it's it's very strange. Like that's, what? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo's really dumb when it comes to online things. To me, that just sounds like Nintendo didn't have the, like, back-end architecture to do that, so they're rationalizing it. No, some, they do. They do. They have cloud saves. They have backups. That's part of your Switch online. Is yeah, but maybe something, maybe something with Animal Crossing. There's no, there's no way. It's, it's, it's so data. bizarre to me. Yeah, they don't let you do that with Pokemon either. And the reason for that is the the duplication. Like, they don't I, want people I, doing that. Man, I just don't know why they're worrying so much about that. Like, when I... Okay, I don't know if what I'm about to say... Okay, so just as an aside, our listeners know that our podcast is, like, very real, very raw, very true. But what I'm about to say in many states, regions, might be illegal. But when I played Pokemon Silver, I duplicated a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, and they don't want you doing that anymore. <laughs> but I mean, it, it it only made me like the game more. Like, I made, like, a level 100 Mistrevious and Zapdos and Articuno that I really liked, and I made, like, nine of them. Like, I don't know why I even did that, but I made a ton of them, and I would play with parties of just Mistrevious or just Articuno and just go and grind through the Elite Four over and over with, with like, the same party. Um, which is, you know, stupid, and I could have been spending my boyhood doing more productive things. But, um, I mean, it made me like Pokemon to this day, you know, like 20 years later or whatever. So why are they worrying so much about, you know, locking down the technology I spent so much money on to not do the thing that made me enjoy the technology in the first place? It's because they're Nintendo. Ugh. In my opinion, they they should Nintendo don't do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good bit. That, that bit has actually tested really well with our listeners, so I look forward to the, all the feedback on that one. Um, okay, uh, you need to tell me about Doom Annihilation. Well, okay, so... Uh, what, know... Is that a new movie? Is that the old one with okay, The Matt, Rock? Matt, let me... I'm going to spin a little tale for you. So, as we know, 2019 was full of great movies like Parasite and Doom Annihilation. Um, Doom Annihilation... That was uh, uh, that was a bit. Doom Annihilation's very bad, so bad that <laughs> Bethesda came out and said we had nothing to do with this movie. Wait, really? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this movie got made, man, but it is horrible. Um, and it's great, you know, it's like a good horrible. Like for instance, so it start it starts out and the the main characters are like coming out of cryo sleep on this ship there they're a bunch of space marines and they're going to this uh like mars base of researchers who have sent out like a distress signal or whatever and they come out of cryo sleep and like one the main character like tumbles out of her cryo sleep chamber but behind her like her cryo sleep chamber was just like a tube that had what is very clearly like one of those uh racer gamer chairs in it like, I mean, 100% they just went on Amazon and bought, like, a generic racer gamer chair, disassembled it, and just had the back there in the back of this cryo, cryo chamber um, and screwed it on. Um, so she tumbles off of that, um, and then uh, the crew, like, gets together, and they get on this, like, uh, landing, like, or, like, a landing vehicle to go to, like, go down to this research base and see what the problem is. 
and the landing vehicle that they go down in also has these gamer chairs in it like those are the chairs they sit in um like very clearly and it just has like a logo like where the logo for like gt racer or whatever that the brand that makes those is where that would be it just says like whatever the name of their uh their platoon or whatever is and they get down to the research base the research base that they their their mission was to come and see what the problem was they come and like call into the front door and they don't get a response and they start freaking out as if they expected something else they were like i don't know what the problem is here guys we weren't expecting this and then they regroup and are like okay we gotta get in there and see what the problem is our mission save them and like i don't i i had a problem with that because I don't know why the Space Marines were coming there in the first place if they expected it not to be, you know, something they needed to deal with. Like, I was very confused the whole time. But what's my favorite part of the movie, actually, was the fact that they had maybe two stunt guys. And they tried to use those stunt guys in a way that made it seem like there was hundreds of them. So, like, the Marines are going room by room, clearing out, you know all of these demons that obviously have uh, been ransacking this uh, research base because the researchers summon demons through a portal to hell. And um, they get into these rooms and there's these like demonic zombies, but it's really like in any shot, any given shot, you only see like two of them at a time and they're always bald. They're always these two bald white dudes. Like one wears like a... um, uh, lab coat and the other wears a like a suit and they like will gun these zombies down move into the next room and they'll have different shots of what is very clearly these same guys getting shot over and over again so i think they just like only had the budget to put two guys in makeup and then just kept having them like change wardrobe and get in different shots to get to get killed and like there's a part where one of them gets shot and killed and, you know, these are like zombie versions of the researchers that were there. And one of the main characters goes up to the body and picks up the ID card and is like, oh, my God. Uh, like implying that, like, she knew she knew this person. And you look you look at the ID card and this is an ID card she picked up from a like bald white man. And it's like very clearly like a picture of like a woman with long brown hair. <laughs> <laughs> Was this in theaters? Uh, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I watched it on Netflix. Oh yeah, um, dude, it must be a straight to like streaming movie. That's insane. Oh dude, it was so good. I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um I mean, it's like so bad. But there's a there's a bunch of, you know, in a throwback to the Dwayne the Rock Johnson version, there's big chunks of this movie that are shot in first person like through like the visor cams <laughs> of, <real? laughs> of these space marines, dude. It's awesome. Um and also they only the, like there's like one demon in the uh in the base and it's just like the same guy in like a rubber suit that looks like a power rangers villain you know it's like a big beefy like rubber suit um and he's like snarling and he'll run at the marines and get gunned down and in the next room it'll be that same guy you know acting as if he's a completely different demon who's you know was just waiting in the other room i guess for the marines to gun down um it's great yeah doom annihilation uh check it out (laughs) (laughs) the movie bethesda didn't want you to see (laughs) 
Dude, like, this is the problem with old IP. Like, there's probably just some studio, whoever made that original one, bought the film rights for the franchise. And that probably just got passed along, bought at a discount right and left over the years, and then it and just ended up on somebody's plate. And they're like, oh, there's a new Doom game coming out that's supposed to be pretty good. Like, let's throw, like, a couple, uh, you know, straight out of college filmmakers and, like, maybe, like, 10K and <laughs> see what we can do, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it was rough, man. It's a, it's a rough movie. Um, I love that these movies are still getting made, though. Um, I mean, bad movies have always been one of my favorite uh, things to watch, really, um, as far as movies go. So Doom Annihilation really scratches the itch of just a horrible, horrible movie. Yeah, you know what wasn't a horrible, horrible movie? Um, The first Doom movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I hadn't seen that one, but I was thinking more, uh, more Parasite. Dude, Parasite is so good. Parasite, in my opinion, should have won Best Picture, and last time I checked, it did. Yeah, I'm I'm glad it did because I don't think I would have seen this otherwise. Oh yeah, me too. Um, I, I saw most of the movies nominated this year, and I, I genuinely think Parasite deserved the award. Yeah, I. So, it's not the movie's fault that I thought this, but I was like for a moment let down because somebody told me that this was a horror movie. Um, it was marketed like a horror movie. All of the, what, is I that what it was? Okay. It Cause like it. yeah, somebody told me it was a horror movie and I went in like, Oh yeah. Like name like parasite must be a horror movie. It's not a horror movie at all. It's, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a crime drama in a way. I it's, it's, yeah, it, it's far from a horror movie. Um, and I was okay with it not being a horror movie because it was really good. Uh, I really liked just... Uh, I've never seen like a foreign film like that that I enjoyed as much. Um, yeah, dude, they, they really nailed it. Like, I, I'll i let you talk about it. Um, yeah, I... Okay, so I, I really like the movie. Um, there are scenes in this movie that I genuinely thought were the best things I had seen in any movie this year. And there were some amazing scenes in movies this year, like 1917 was full of them. Um, Like there's a scene at the end of Parasite um, in a garden party that blew me away. Like things happened in the scene that I had no idea were coming. I don't think anyone could have called and it all made so much sense in the context of the movie. So awesome movie, but I disagree with what you're saying. I think I would consider that a horror movie in the sense that i was more frightened by the things that were happening in parasite than i am by a lot of horror movies that i see certainly doom annihilation which is probably a horror movie how what that movie was so tense parasite is so tense and the things that that happened stuck with (laughs) the things that i saw in parasite stuck with me all week after I watched it. I kept thinking about the dad and what happens to him at the end of this movie. I kept thinking about that in a way that really, really unsettled me. And I, I think par- I, I would call Parasite a horrifying movie in a great way. It's like a class horror movie. I mean, movie. yeah, it is. It's a class war movie, but I, I don't know. I don't think I could ever call it a horror movie, but I really like what they... Like, how they built it up and how it focuses on, like, the impoverished fam- family and, like, 
is that set current day? Is that what it's supposed to be? Yeah, um, I think so. I, I okay. think so. I wonder if things are actually like that in Korea right now. Because that'd be yeah, kind of crazy. Probably, man. Yeah. Um, there's very similar things happening here. And I think that's why this movie resonated so much with so many people. Um, I mean, it seemed to kind of universally liked by everyone, at least I saw talking about it. Um, I think it's a very relatable movie. It's about these, like, this very wealthy family um, and this very not wealthy family, barely making ends meet, um, kind of integrating themselves into the wealthy family's life. Um, and man, it's so unsettling. Um, like the, the desperation of this family, but it's also funny. Like it, it's very, um, like there's some great scenes like in the beginning, um, when the, uh, the main character's sister is going, going to the rich family for an interview. And she does that thing where she's trying to like, remember the, um, she's like trying to remember the character that she's basically playing to pretend like she's not this, uh, the main character's sister so she can get hired. She's like, uh, she says something like Jessica, 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 our teacher, Chicago, Illinois. You remember that part? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know dude, what you're talking about. So good, so good. Just so like cheeky, funny. Um, her character is very good. The the sister. Yeah, she did a really good job. I thought the I thought the whole family did a really good job. Oh um, yeah, man. I thought all the acting was really good. I mean, it's I guess it's hard to tell when you can't hear delivery in like your native language, but it's it all seemed good. Um, <sighs> it all, man. Dude, I, it was and so I think good. I think my favorite part about that movie was. And it's probably comes from the fact that it is a foreign film, but it didn't feel like it felt typical, like it followed typical movie tropes. Like it felt very much like its own thing. I didn't feel like oh, this movie yeah, was dude. trying to be a copy of something else. Like, like there's a lot of good movies that come out that, you know, can draw inspiration, but like, I don't, did you ever see the Irishman uh, mm-hmm. that came out on Netflix? Yeah. yeah I love like it. that, that felt like classic, like mobster kind of movie right and that's good but it kind of hit these beats that i thought it was gonna hit but this movie it's just all different like it it, like it it just followed this like pace and style that i wasn't familiar with and it was you know it was really nice because this movie movie felt like a freaking like a roller coaster like the first half of it is like a like feels like a crime thriller where a crime thriller like dark comedy where you're like okay like i see what's happening um i'm getting worried for what these characters are trying to do but i hope they pull it off and then there's that scene where a i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much but there's that scene in the middle where um a bunch of characters are at a house and another character shows up you know what i'm talking about yeah that scene happens and the entire movie this is kind of what i'm saying like where i felt like it turned into a horror movie like that whole movie just starts like free falling, free falling down. And you yeah. feel terrified. You feel like, like a, what is happening? Why is it happening? And like, you just have no idea what's going to happen next, but you know, it's going to be bad. Like it, it, the, the, the writing of this movie is so tight that they create this situation where you just don't see a way out for anyone in a way that isn't horrible in the end. And I think that's the genius of uh, Parasite, and I think why it's so why people like it so much 
just the the writing is so good i mean it's just such a it feels so original and like really worth your time like i think a lot of people didn't i mean i loved the irishman but i know a lot of people felt uh, apprehensive to go and check it out because it's like this three hour long mobster epic and you kind of know what's going to happen right like it's about these old guys it's about the life of these these uh, guys as they become old men and you know what that what that implies and you kind of know the beats that it's going to hit but it's masterfully done but parasite is this movie that isn't entirely unclear what it's about in all of its trailers but you, there's all this buzz around it and the story itself is something that you really can't see coming like it, it's almost these two separate movies that there's no way for you to predict what's going to happen in the second half of the movie, especially in the last 20 minutes, man, the third act of this movie is just genius. Like when I, when I saw that, I, I knew this movie deserved the best picture Academy award. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think we should do it now, but I think in the future we should come back to this and I want to do a deep dive on the, uh, the sun. Um, I thought the way they set the sun up and because the movie kind of followed him as a main character. I feel like I a lot of the other family. Character. Yeah, sure. like a lot of the family got a good amount of screen time, but I would say he was kind of like the the most main of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked what they did with them. Like, yeah, especially just, just to clarify, end. the son is this character whose all of his friends have gone off gone off to college um and he's smart but didn't have the money to go to college and he's just living at home do it like folding pizza boxes with his family to make it like to barely make ends meet and he lives in this horrible apartment and he's fed up and the movie like the movie really focuses on him as he tries to like finally make some money or do something with his life yeah it's really good I, and i really like what they what they did with them um, yeah wow have you seen so this is uh you know We've been talking about Parasite, but this segment is Bong Joon-ho's in different area codes. Um, so have you seen any other Bong Joon-ho movies? I didn't know he... I thought this was his breakout one. Has he made more? Yeah, okay, so his... I would say his breakout movie was actually, at least in the United States, his breakout movie was Snowpiercer, which is this awesome movie you should check out. It's on Netflix. It stars Chris Evans, Captain America, and Tilda Swinton. And um, it's So it's not really even good. a Korean movie? It's okay, like... hear me out. It's... It was the first, as far as I'm aware, please, readers, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, it was the first movie produced in America by a Korean director. Wow, that's um, crazy. Yeah, it came out in like 2000, I want to say like 2013 or 14. Um, and it's this really cool, highly recommend this to everyone. Like, go out and watch this movie. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. Um, it's by the guy who directed Parasite, and this guy is a genius director. Um, it's this really cool sci-fi movie based on a gra- I think Canadian graphic novel about this train that's circling the earth and on that train are the last surviving people of a new ice age and the only reason they're surviving is because the train uses this perpetual motion machine that provides warmth for everyone on the train as long as it keeps moving so it's continually circling around the globe and the t- this takes place like a generation of people after the end of the world where it's just these people on a train circling the globe and like parasite it's this big metaphor for class warfare where the people in the back of the train are super cramped together starving like eating dirt and the people in the front of the train 
there's way less of them they have all this space they have these huge apartments and these train cars they have these nightclubs and are doing drugs and like always euphoric and it's about it's it almost feels like a video game it's like about the people in the back just making their way up to the front of the train like fighting their way up to like reclaim that space and it's like you know like room after room after room like they can only go straight in a straight line it's crazy it's a really good movie and it has these crazy fight scenes like there's this fight scene where you know they're in a train right so there's tunnels and there's a fight scene that happens where this group of um the lower class people the people from the back of the train where they go into this big open car with uh the like military from the upper class people who were there to stop them and the lower class people for the back of the train they have like clubs and like hammers and the the military has like i think they used all of their bullets already but they have like swords and axes and like spiked clubs and are clearly like outmatching the uh the people for the back of the train and then all of a sudden the train goes into a tunnel and the fight breaks out in pitch black and you only see flashes of light like as light escapes the tunnel dude it's so sick it's a really really cool movie it, so is it kind of like polar express okay so you know if you can imagine the terror you experienced during the hot chocolate scene in <laughs> polar express <laughs> then you kind of know the terror of the class warfare in Snowpiercer. oh yeah i mean polar <laughs> express had a lot of like really like well woven in um like bits about class warfare and the fight scenes in polar yeah. express <laughs> oh my god uh unparalleled parallel to none it's like when uh, that guy stuck his head out the window and it was just like an hereditary <laughs> polar bear just yanks head it off gets, yeah dude his head gets lopped off by a polar bear and tom hanks plays both the kid whose head got slot got lopped off and the polar bear it was like kind of <laughs> weird but cool talented um, guy dude yeah and actually cross species still good tom hanks actually plays most roles he actually plays chris evans in in snowpiercer so it is actually that's funny you mentioned that it's and they're always drinking hot chocolate so yeah i mean it is very similar Polar Express and Snowpiercer. <laughs> I, a lot of people said, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, a lot of people said when Snowpiercer came out that uh, it was Bong Joon-ho's response to the Polar Express. Yeah, it's this decade's Polar Express. Yeah, and the way that like Interstellar is this decade's 2001 A Space Odyssey, um, in the way that 1917 is this decade's like Paths to Glory, um, I would, uh, yeah, I would say Snowpiercer is 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 this decade's the polar express uh and... right. <laughs> yeah before, uh, before we oh, get away oh, from okay. this this segment um I, there was something i read about parasite uh that i don't maybe you'll know more about did you hear that they want to make it a tv series i mean could be good man if bong joon ho's involved that, guy, that guy's is. a genius could so be like, good man but he but it's also gonna follow the care like I was kind of, I didn't really know what to think about it when I was reading it. Like first impression, like, oh, we're going to make a TV series about this. And I was like, okay, cool. Like if it's more like of the, the class differences kind of thing where it's like families that are doing um, things to get by and like get into like upper circles, that could be interesting. I could see a lot of good things you could do with that. But it was specified that the TV show is going to fill in scenes 
that would have gone on during this movie. So it's like the show's going to exist in the timeline of this movie, but it's going to fill in things that happened while the movie was going on. And it seems like a really weird way to go about it in a way. Yeah, my reaction to that initially is definitely weird, but there was so much in that movie that was just fun to watch. Like it was it was tense with what was happening, but also funny and just fun to watch these characters interact with each other. They were all really well developed characters. Um, This movie's not super long either, so that's pretty impressive. So I mean, I'd be down. I'd be very down. I um I really like that whole family, um the 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 rich family and the the not so rich family. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in, in watching that, um, yeah. if, especially if the director's involved um, and it'll those just, actors. It'll just be interesting to see how they do it, especially since the the children actors are going to be definitely aged a bit by then. So like, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm anxious. I would like to see it, but I'm well. I I mean, I I'm think a little think, skeptic. You know, like hesitant in a way. I I think you should not worry because we already know. Bong Joon-ho is so adept at getting Tom Hanks to digitally play a lot of different characters. So I could see him playing the little the little boy. Yeah. Um, I could see him playing the dad, the mom. Um, I think I think it'll be great. <laughs> uh, end segment. Um, great. Um, Matt, thank you again for producing the um, segment theme song for that. We all appreciate it. Um, that was a very successful segment. Where I actually, uh, one second. Yeah, um, the response is very positive. Um, I'm reading a lot of feedback from our fans right now, and they all they all like that segment quite a bit. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad everybody's so receptive to all the hard work I put into these uh, just masterful theme songs. That's why we focused on music at the beginning of this show. Yeah, I mean, this podcast really is a musical composition cast with, you know, secondarily Florence Pugh content thirdarily tertiarily bong joon ho's in different area code type then, segments yeah and then also like gonna be the start of my soundcloud career uh gonna get noticed i know there's talent scouts on giving feedback right now so guys don't be afraid hit me up i do the business relations unfortunately let me know that, that is true <laughs> that is true um uh what about uh matt uh, we have this very you know, one of our least popular segments, but one that I, I try to humor you with, um, Card Game Corner? Card Game Corner, huh? You're Are you asking for a Card Game Corner right I'm now? I'm just curious if a Card Game Corner is a uh, card game called for. All right, cue the theme song. The time has come. Wow. Great, isn't it? Wasn't that perfect? You know, Matt, I never liked and still don't like this segment, but you gotta love that theme song. Alright, so Card Game Corner this time is going to be a bit of an update on Runeterra, because that is about the one card game I'm, like, playing primarily right now. Still playing a little bit of Magic. This is the card game whose... The gameplay and most everything about it is based on League of Legends, but the name is based on the character Terra from Kingdom oh, Hearts Dream Drop, Dream Drop Distance. Exactly, yeah. A uh, lot of suit uh, got pushed back. So <laughs> this game has more time in the sun. Um, and there's actually something really, uh, I don't know, 
exciting and kind of like precedent setting for this game because it's still an open beta right now so they're developing it um but they're on tuesday they are announcing uh, a new balance patch for the game but they haven't unveiled anything that's going to be in it yet and why it's kind of exciting to see how they do this is because like this game uh they're trying to make it very free to play excessive right so they want people to just get in and um not be able to buy a collection and feel like they can actually play with cards that they earned and they do a good job at that right now um and the thing about card games is sometimes there's oversights right like just any sort of game something can be overpowered and broken um and in this game there are some things that feel a little too strong for what they are uh, and maybe some cards that like the way that the developers may have wanted you to use them are going into strategies that aren't quite what they they're not quite where they should be wait matt, um, matt are you saying that online games need to be balanced every once in a while i i am saying that <laughs> um and they the typical way these uh well i guess the hearthstone way which a lot of other uh, digital card games that have come out after have done um balanced changes is whenever a card is changed whatever like currency is in that game uh they'll refund you that if if the card is changed because you that's know cool. when you i think hearthstone you, does something similar yeah hearthstone does that uh no that's that is what hearthstone does so like if they change a card and it's like oh i think legendary terra no 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 I'm, I'm giving precedent for how hearthstone oh, does it oh. sorry I, um, I zone out a lot during card game corners so don't mind me <laughs> yeah so in hearthstone the way they do it is like they have shards, right? So you can use your shards to craft or dust. Uh, you can use your dust to craft cards. If they change a card, depending on what it is, you can get rid of it for the full price it would have cost to craft it. It still kind of sucks because it's more than just that one card that you probably got to make the deck, but it's the least they can do. Um, what they're doing in this game is they're not going to give you anything back. And they, uh, like... I think it was a week ago or maybe two weeks ago that they came out and gave the reasoning of what they're going to try to do with balance. Um, they want, after a card is balanced, they're not trying to just kind of nuke it out of existence and not have people play it. They want to try to make it so it's in a place where it can exist in its own deck and still be fun, but not uh, doing the things that they didn't like it initially doing before it was changed. So they don't want to give people um, some free currency to get something different back. They want to give people like, oh yeah, so this you can still use this card. You have to play it a little differently, and like that's all, you know, good and happy and everything. But it's kind of like a we'll see what these initial changes are because you can you know you can say one thing, but in reality, it's like if you change something too hard, then people may not play it anymore. Um, so what's an example of, of this kind of thing in Runeterra right now? Like, I imagine, you know, many of our listeners, you know, maybe play Runeterra, so they might be familiar. Uh, so there's, like, one card that comes to mind that I think they'll change is uh, this card called um, Commander Ledros, I believe his name is. He's, like, this really big unit. Uh, he's, like, eight mana, eight power, six health. And he has this ability, when he comes in, he cuts the enemy's... Uh, life total in half oh, so cool. there's some uh there's some cool magic the gathering cards that do that like soren markov i think is a yeah, planeswalker and, that does that and we're in like this is like a type of card that has existed before and it's designed for like a control deck where like you're using 
your cards to like if somebody's trying to beat you really fast you stop them you slow down the game and when your opponent's out of options and then you have control of the game it's just a card to like kind of win it fast for you at the end um the problem with this card in particular right now is that because the way runeterra is set up is like hearthstone where you get a mana each turn um there's aggro decks playing it now so it's just kind of their top end so when they get to a point at the end of the game and they're all out of stuff they just play their commander ledros and will kind of beat you down and the other thing that's kind of busted about it is that when it dies you get it back so you can what? play it again <laughs> yeah 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 so when you play that seems, it, that seems like an exploit not something that should actually be hard-coded onto the card no it's really good and it's for control decks so it's like oh, i'm just gonna i don't need uh, to play with creatures and units i can have this one and block your stuff with it and then i'm gonna slowly cut your life in half that's what like the intent is but the way it's getting kind of used is oh i ran out of all my small guys but now it's the end of the game i'm gonna keep throwing this guy at you and you're <laughs> you're not gonna be able to do anything um so there's just there's things like that right and that card should be changed, and I think the way they're going to change it, they might get rid of it coming back. They might get rid of how strong it is, um, something. But however they change it, they're going to have to take a crucial part out, and I don't know how much like a rebalance of it will make people that like like spent a wild card or spent their shards to make it will make them feel better about having it because it's I don't know like it's just not going to be as good. So I don't know how you can balance that way and still make people like feel okay with the end result so it'll be interesting i'm I'm interested to see um the balance that they do on tuesday uh and see what kind of changes they go for and you know in two weeks when they do another balance change hopefully like if maybe they overtune something or undertune something uh go back on it because they're they want to do it very like on a very fast cycle and constantly change things to you know, addressed issues that may be coming up. So hopefully it's good. A card game hasn't really done it like that before. So we'll see. Yeah, it seems like a pretty lofty goal um, to keep the balances in check with actually keeping the cards balanced playable. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that plays out in the long in the long term. We'll just keep coming back to card game corners and I'll let you know. I know yeah, it's your favorite segment. No matter what you say. You know, the, the, the theme song is potent enough that hopefully the readers kind of rally behind it, um, you know, because we're going to have to cut the segment, you know, if it, if it keeps getting all the flack that we've seen in the past, um, so much negativity. Like, guys, it's, at this point, it's almost cyberbullying Matt over how bad the segment is. Just stop. Get some I'm help convinced it's just the lawyers of the, of the lawsuit <laughs> just chiming in, trying to shut me down. You know, but maybe will not this be is... stopped. Yeah, maybe maybe this is turning around. Maybe we can keep the second around. If not, it's going to just be like a pirate radio kind of thing. <laughs> Matt will not be silenced. Uh, and on that note, this was the easy... Wait. I, whoa, was, just, whoa, whoa. I was just... I was just... I, this, that, that's a competitor podcast. I was about to reference the Easy Allies podcast. I'm not going to reference that. Instead, I'll reference the Motion Pixels podcast, the number one podcast. You're getting ahead of on yourself, God's buddy. Earth. This is the end, Matt. This is the end of nope. the podcast. You're forgetting the end segment. What's the, the end best segment? segment? What? You the, What honest, segment? I expected more out of you. What segment? We have to go over this week's most oh my notable God. Nelson. Matt, take it away. Matt, I I a lot of our readers have been curious 
about you know like who could be an even more major nelson than major nelson so please matt who is on the table today all right so i'm gonna spare everybody the build-up that we did last time this week's most notable nelson is once again larry <laughs> herb xbox lives major nelson but we have a new runner-up it's not nelson mandela this time he actually pulled lower if you can believe that or not um <laughs> that is surprising people time, do like him the runner up for most notable nelson is nelson cruz dominican american professional baseball right fielder how do you not know he's the second most notable nelson uh that to me you know i'm not like i really only know you know major nelson but in terms of other nelsons that i'm a little less familiar with that seems pretty major like you need you need an outfielder right 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 you need, yeah you need one of those too yeah so yeah, minnesota twins very very lucky to have nelson cruz um we'll be sending your award in the mail uh nelson um sorry it's a it's big only... package it's one of those like well no, large the most notable crates. nelson package is a big package this one's like oh i should yeah, have got his hopes yeah up. sorry you're you're thinking of the wrong thing this is like it's like we use our secondhand Amazon boxes. Um, so I hope you don't mind, Nelson, but uh, it's a thought that counts, right? Yeah, and uh, Major Nelson, Larry, buddy, um, we have been sending you every week comically large wooden crates with giant padlocks on them. We'll give you the key to those padlocks once you come on our podcast. Um, once you come on our podcast and you can you know, check out the prizes we've been sending you, but um, unfortunately... You're gonna you're gonna have to come on the podcast uh, to get those keys. One day. One day. One day. Um, so that was the Motion Pixels podcast. Um, the most notable Nelson once again, Major Nelson. No surprise here, but there's always another contender next week when August, um, most people's favorite uh, co-host, does not forget <laughs> the no <laughs> most notable Nelson uh, segment. Um, so. Matt, thank you once again, our special guest, Matt Rawlings. Thank you for joining us. I'm not even going to dignify that. <laughs> uh, that's okay. This has been the Motion Pixels Podcast. I'm August Meyer. This is Matthew Rawlings. Uh, thank you so much for motion pixeling with us. finished i can't believe you almost forgot know, about the most notable nelson just, just edit that part out just edit you know people don't need to know <laughs> people, <laughs> people are gonna know i know i'm telling know. i'm telling larry herb i think you know i was surprised that larry you know pulled through you know i wasn't surprised i wasn't i i should take that back but i i would i will say that i was impressed with uh the, today's runner-up yeah nelson yeah. cruz <laughs> Seems thank like, you, you know... second result on google <laughs> <laughs> second result <laughs> uh.